0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the CX Cast. This is Sam Stern, joined, as always, by Jenny Wise. Hi, Jenny. Hi, everyone. And we have in studio, I think for his first appearance on the podcast, our colleague, analyst Andrew Hewitt. Hi, Andrew. Hi, thanks for having me. Indeed, this is my first time on the podcast. Welcome. And come back again. You've written new research. The title of your report is very evocative, so I want to start there, which is How to Wake Up from the Nightmare of workplace technology distraction. Nightmare is a strong word. Why is it a nightmare? What makes workplace technology and its distractions a nightmare?
1: I think what we're seeing from people's personal lives, as well as the bias towards connection and towards new technologies in business, is really kind of creating this environment where there is this hidden issue that's happening in a lot of workplaces today, where folks are defaulting to deploying technology without thinking about the overall benefits. At the same time, people in their personal lives are kind of bringing their behaviors into the workplace. finding it much more difficult to actually focus. So the reason why I think this is an overall nightmare for organizations is that the most important things that an employee can be doing in their day-to-day work are going to require a ton of focus. So if you Mm -hmm. want to do things like differentiate your company, build a new product, create a new strategy, all those things are going to take a lot of focus and you're really going to need to limit your exposure to distractions. This is really going to be something that gets in the way of businesses pushing forward in the future. So it's it's hidden right now. Mm -hmm. Sort of beneath the surface level of what we're seeing, but I think this is starting to come to the fore both in terms of what we're seeing from consumer lives as well as uh, what businesses are doing with technology overall.
2: It was interesting to hear that description because you're applying the nightmare. Right to the company's nightmare of having this distraction impact their products and services and differentiation. Whereas my initial response was, "This is the employee's nightmare of having to feel like I have to be checking through five different collaboration means and mm. ways of chatting and can never sort of turn off, and then at the same time want to turn off. So then you work less. So it's funny. So I guess that nightmare can go both ways.
1: Absolutely. You know, I think that they're they're very connected. The organization should want people to be productive and focused and distraction free. Mm-hmm. That's in their best interest, but it's also in the best interest of the employee in terms of work-life balance and in terms of being able to focus on those things that are actually meaningful for their overall experience as opposed to just being a feed checker in terms of email right.
0: or different types of social media that companies might have. So if we are both employees and employers in a nightmare, in a waking <laughs> nightmare, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> we really fixate <laughs> fixated on nightmare. <laughs> I feel like though, It's one of our own making. Maybe I'm being naive here, but it seems like companies keep implementing new collaboration platforms, as Jenny Mm -hmm. was saying. Like, we didn't have five... Five years ago, we had maybe three, and now we have five, and maybe tomorrow we have six. And employees are bringing their, as you said, their personal live behaviors of liking stuff and swiping stuff into the workplace. If this is such a nightmare for us, why do we do that? Well, there
1: are a lot of business benefits to it. If you think about the benefit that collaboration brings to an enterprise, I mean, it's huge. Your ability to collaborate with customers, collaborate internally, build a strategy, all of these things, you know, are really enabled by better collaboration. So it's not that these technologies are bad. It's just there's no balance between the effective usage of that technology and people's need for focus overall. So there's a lot of benefits to having these types of technologies in place. And I think we'll continue to see investment in those different types of technologies, including things like instant messaging. So I don't see that going away in the future, but I do see companies starting to say, maybe this is not the default strategy that we have. Maybe this is just a piece of a way that we enable an employee to do their work. But we also need to be cognizant of the fact that they do need to disconnect from that all the time. Also, being able to be totally available for the customer from a business perspective at all times, that puts a huge onus on the culture of the organization to be able to respond quickly to customers. And there's obviously a huge business benefit in that. But if you really want to serve that customer in a new way or give them a new product, you do also need to disconnect as well. And I think start putting energy into those types of projects that deliver that better customer experience in the long term.
0: Right. I mean, if, if you're saying we're, we're staffed 24 by 7, 365, well, that's somebody who is waiting for the call at all times. Um, that You're right. That has major implications. So are enterprises actually thinking about the issue of distraction? I mean, if they're, you know, so there's benefits to these technologies and they see those and that's why they're implementing them and there are benefits. Are they thinking about distraction when they implement new collaboration technologies?
1: Most of the time, no. Uh, most of the time, this is really something that they're not thinking about at all. So this piece is more of a wake-up call you know, from that that overall nightmare um, and kind of saying, we need to kind of reorient our, our philosophy in terms of technology to be much more balanced. There have been some companies out there that have started to think about the balance of concentration and connectivity. A lot of what we see out there right now is in the physical workspace, people starting to say, "Hey, maybe open concept offices aren't the best idea if you want to develop a PowerPoint or write a speech or write a report. You mm-hmm. need to have balance of the quiet space plus the collaborative space, right? So we've definitely seen this interest in distraction from that lens. I think we've also started to see not so much in the distraction of instant messaging and emails, but in terms of, you know, meeting overload as being another thing that distracts people from doing their work. I think there's been yeah. more of an interest in saying, <laughs> how do we institute more of a balance between having meetings that are actually productive and meaningful versus a random meeting on a calendar and expecting people to show up regardless of whether there's any importance to that meeting at all. I think we've started to see sprinklings of interest in this overall idea of distraction in a couple of different ways. I think the technology aspects of this are developing more from the vendor side of things, which we can talk about as well. But from the sort of end user organizations out there, most of them are really kind of taking this approach that you know the collaboration technology, instant messaging, all of that is going to be default good You know, without thinking about some of the negative.
2: Yeah, that's what we often see, like in any new technology story, is it has all this promise. And this is when I'm thinking about emerging technology from a sort of business to consumer standpoint. But what is the implication that we didn't think about, right? It's not always good just because it's more advanced and has the ability to create virtual collaboration between distributed teams. And also, I think this gets into the sort of UX standpoint, something that you said quite a few times already here, is that one of the downfalls is just the ability for people to switch gears, right? Every time I'm distracted, it takes me away from that focused energy that I had. And then if I'm going to focus on that email and then decide to ignore it even, but then I have to go back to my Mm. task, it just takes a lot of sort of cognitive workload to do that switching.
1: Absolutely. And one of the things that we've talked about in terms of our employee experience research is this concept of flow and mm-hmm. how important that is in terms of someone being able to deliver their best work. The issue with a lot of these technologies and kind of I think what you're getting at in terms of the overall user experience design is that they do put a lot of cognitive load. And one of the things that I learned from the research was, you know, there's basically four hours is the maximum amount of time that someone can actually spend focused. So if you're kind of divvying up that time over the entire day with constant interruptions, then that cognitive load is going to continue to decrease over time. So you're never actually getting to that point where you can really access that most productive state. And a lot of the UX design choices that people are starting to think about are, now how can I limit things like context switching and multitasking? Mm-hmm. There's a professor by the name of Sophie Leroy, I think out of the University of Washington. She's an organizational behavior expert, and she's done a ton of research on the impact of multitasking and this idea of attention residue. When you're moving from one task to another, your attention doesn't immediately follow. There's still you know, a lingering piece of your brain that's holding on to some of that information that you're still processing. So you're never actually fully engaged um, when you're doing things like context switching. So I think from a design perspective, it's sort of about how can you consolidate information in one place? How can you reduce the number of hops between different apps and really give people access to that information where they are, where they're actually completing their work? There's a lot of data that we've pulled from academic studies, as well as data that we looked at from Forrester's studies. And uh, what I actually did for this report is I looked at our workforce benchmark survey. We looked at uh, the respondents, twelve and a half thousand global information workers, we asked them in the survey how productive are you are on on a daily basis, and it's, it ranges from one to five. One being, I'm I'm really not productive at all. Um, I don't get any work I done. Work here, <laughs> quite I don't quite an boss. admission, <laughs> I, yeah. I don't. Yeah, yeah. There's probably a little bit of bias in, in some of the <laughs> responses, but um, yeah. So one, um, you know, I don't know how I'm still employed. Uh, five is, you know, I I'm very productive. I feel like every day I get something done that's that's meaningful. Um, so people kind of say self-categorize themselves. And and what I did was cross-examined how people felt about their overall productivity and the distractions that they face in their working environment. So there's things like physical workspace distractions, digital workspace distractions, which could be instant message or some of the things that we've been talking about from a technology perspective, as well as emotional distractions, feeling frustrated or angry just about your whole employee experience that you have at work. You know That can be a significant distraction. Uh, But what we found is that in all cases, those employees who identified themselves as as less productive were much more likely to say that they had more distraction that they were dealing with, whether that was physical, whether that was digital technology, or whether that was emotional. So we really were able to draw out the big impact of distraction on overall productivity, which is the central tenant of a lot of our employee experience research is the ability for someone to be productive every day.
0: And it's striking to me, and I know it's a technology survey by a technology research company about workers who use technology, but the amount of different digital distractions that we highlight here. There are so many different ways, whether it's social media sites, it's, you know, texts or alerts, doing things like shopping or having a technology problem. There's so many ways mm-hmm. to be distracted digitally. And I think it's a really striking thing that we've added those to all the old physical and emotional ways, right? It's not new that your coworker could interrupt you at work by coming over to your desk or by talking too loudly or that, you know, that you're still thinking about a personal issue, but it is new that now there's multiple, multiple ways to digitally distract you. And I think that just compounds the problem that people have always had of getting work done at work. Absolutely. And I think you kind of look at these different technologies in silos
1: too. And even looking at them as individual technologies, you can see just the huge impact. If you look at email, for example, one study, it was showing that average employee receives 84 emails a day. And on average, 70% of those emails, they open within six seconds. So if you think about, you know, kind of the amount of time that people are spending just opening emails alone, and that's just one piece of technology that's not even the instant message aspects of it that's you know about 1.5 hours of lost productivity every single day so Compound that with all the other different technologies, all the other emotional distractions, the physical workspace distractions, and all of a sudden, you know, you have a situation where people are spending very little time actually focusing on yeah. what's important for right. their, their work.
2: Makes sense thinking of the, um, you know, cognitive reasons why this makes sense for employees. You also showed some data that employees are also sort of acknowledging that this is a problem. So, what is it that companies can do? do to start to overcome some of these problems. I imagine we don't expect companies will stop introducing new technologies, but there's got to be some way to create policies or introduction or something Mm -hmm. to help these employees.
1: There's multiple different stakeholders that are involved. And this report focused mostly on the technology leaders saying, what can technology folks do to create an environment that enables people to focus that doesn't default towards hyper-connectivity at all times? And some of the things that we found from the research were interest in things like consolidated workspaces. So the ability to go in and have access to all of my applications in a single place or in a single feed Mm -hmm. enabling me to take action on, you know, say I want to approve an expense report. I want to approve a sales transaction action, instead of just going into all those individual applications, why not have them consolidated in one space? So that's been one area, the actual consolidation of work. And I think there's been interest in consolidating a lot of the collaboration technologies too. So you could feasibly have digital whiteboard type of solution where you would have access to your video conferencing, your instant message alongside all the other resources that you're doing for research or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's this definitely this consolidation element as well. There's there's elements around just maintaining a reliable and fast connection to the internet, to devices, to applications, and limiting kind of that baseline interruption that those types of technologies can introduce mm-hmm. from the technology side. Like trying side.
2: to set up a VC call. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> no, I think is the, never uh, as easy as it should be. So you're right, there's just some UX design components of exactly. this just in how people access the technology to get over that. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I think Art Scholler as well, one of the other analysts at Forster, is doing a report on the, the future of meetings too, which I think is probably nice. one of the greenest areas for <laughs> yeah. potential yeah. innovation and dealing with some of these distractions as mm-hmm.
0: well. Well, and it's just a huge target in terms of amount of time, right? The the amount of time we spend in meetings, the amount of people who attend meetings, the amount of time those meetings recur, how long they go on, right? Just an hour-long meeting that could be 30 minutes, a weekly meeting that could be every month, you know, a meeting with 20 people that could have 10. There are so many opportunities to get workers back time in their days by shortening and lessening the number of meetings. You've sort of talked a lot, as you said, and this is about technology. We talked about art writing about meetings. Our colleague Amanda LeClaire has tackled office space design and some of the implications there. One of the other things that seems to be a huge part of this is just around norms and expectations, mm-hmm. right? That 70% of all emails opened within six seconds. That's not a technology thing. I mean, I guess the technology enables them to be delivered, but that's me feeling that a coworker expects me to open their email as soon as I send it. That's crazy. But you're saying it, and I'm not thinking that you're wrong. I'm thinking yeah, when I send an email, I know I'm expecting them to almost get it instantly. How do we work on that? And do you see any technology solutions that help with sort of adjusting those norms a little bit?
1: I think it's more of a cultural issue, to your point, than it is a technology issue. There are some technologies that will do things like hold back emails for a certain amount of time so that they don't interrupt you when you have a block in your calendar or something like that. There is some technology technology elements of that. But a lot of these things you can circumnavigate pretty easily. If you have any experience with the iOS screen time thing on the Apple iPhone, you you can just go right around it, even though it's telling you don't spend your time using this application. So I think a lot of those technologies, they're great as kind of a baseline, but you can kind of get around them from an employee perspective. So dealing with that overall cultural aspect of it, I think is probably the most important part. And having those norms established to say, if you are a person uh, in a particular role that really does require two or three hours a morning or you know per week to really focus on those things that are going to differentiate the company, then it should be okay for you to disconnect. It actually hurts the business in the long term if you don't allow that disconnection to actually happen. So I think it's about working outside of just the technology environment, but bringing in stakeholders from HR, from the line of business and, and starting to say, how can we work together To change some of these norms around what we expect from people. Because there just needs to be a balance between that connectivity aspect and someone's ability to focus overall. There is a really interesting example of this company, Hello World, that started doing this, where basically every Wednesday they started implementing what they called flow time. So it's like literally flow time (laughs) from 1 p.m. to five p.m. And their employees are just supposed to concentrate on what's most important for them. There's no meetings, no calls. And they found based on their surveys that employees were twenty to fifty percent more productive productive during the week as a result of doing that. So that's an extreme example. And I think it illustrates some of the power here. I also think that people have different times during the day where they feel like they can access that flow state. So perhaps not the best um, way to do it, a mandated Mm -hmm. one, but at least providing space for the employees to do that when they're most productive.
2: Right. And allowing for it. I've always wanted one day a week where just no one sends emails, like not at all. So everyone just gets to focus (laughs) on that one day. (laughs) How nice would that be?
0: Yeah. Um, Well, Andrew, thanks so much for joining us and talking about this research on helping workers and companies wake up from this nightmare of workplace technology distraction. I think it's a very important topic. And I think people are becoming aware of this as an issue, but the trend is still going in the wrong direction. But we were joking about this actually on another episode of the CXcast where we were saying that what people brag about now is how disconnected they are rather than how connected they are, which is what they would brag about 10 years ago. So at least what you are allowed to socially boast about has changed, which is usually a good leading indicator of what is valued. Hopefully we'll get more of us there and people will stop bragging about it because everyone's doing it. Taking time to disconnect and actually focus on their most important work because then, as you say, and, and you have great data in here, a lot more productive work will get done. Listeners, we posted a link to Andrew's report for you in the show notes and we'll talk to you all on next week's CXCast. Goodbye for now. Thanks to our colleagues, Amanda Chen, for recording and mixing the episode, and Will Wilsey for editing and publishing. And listeners, if you have questions, feedback, comments, or suggestions for new episodes, please email us at cxcast at And remember, your customers' perceptions are your customer experience reality.